You are listening to WTUZ Radio Podcast. This is Rhonda with WTUZ Radio Podcast. Uh, Today's topic, uh, just wanted to give you all a quick update on the economy. It is really heating up. This is a uh, follow-up supplement to the series we did on Gateway to a New Economy. In that series, I literally broke down in detail what the function of the Federal Reserve is, uh, how the uh, U.S. Treasury borrows money via from the approval of Congress, how that money gets circulated throughout the economy, what are those impacts, and how the borrowing of money impacts the dollar. I also put in that particular series um, what inflation really is and what hyperinflation really is. I also spoke on the housing market and I made the predictions that we are going to see inflation. Um, I explained what hyperinflation was. And said when those things happen, you are looking at the collapse of a currency, i.e. the dollar, which is perfect recipe to usher in digital currency. I also talked about the how the housing market will eventually crash. Okay, so I will put a link uh, to that particular series if you have not listen to that series. I highly recommend it. Uh, You should come out of that series understanding how money flows through the economy and what makes up the value of the dollar. Okay, so with this particular update, everything that we discuss in that series, Gateway to a New Economy, is taking full Steam. Okay, we're going to start off with the housing market. I'm going to play this video and you're going to see how hot the housing market quote quote is. And then we're going to talk about the underlying signs that we are seeing of the housing market slowing down. Okay, where, where it will eventually burst. Okay, because again, this is the 2008 all over again, but it is worse. Okay. All right. And then, uh, so let's play the video and uh, then we'll come back and discuss a little bit more. The Birmingham area is mighty hot. If you're looking to sell, realtors say, well, go for it. But as WVTM 13 Sherry Falk tells us, once you get that good offer, finding your next home, even a short-term rental, is going to be a challenge. This one already has three offers, first day on the market. If you're looking to buy a new home, longtime realtor Renee Hamilton says, Good luck. Low inventory and high demand are creating some unusual situations for realtors and their clients. I started uh, my career in the downturning market of 09, and I thought nothing would be as crazy as that market. 
but this surely surpasses that in a positive way, but it really is chaotic and hectic. Low interest rates coupled with a lot of cash buyers are keeping the market extremely competitive, creating bidding wars well over asking prices, which is great for sellers, but... I really look at them very seriously and say, when your house sells in one day and they give you full ask or over, where are you moving if we haven't found your next home? Single family rental homes, townhouses and apartments are all hard to come by these days too, especially for those not looking to pay a premium price. It's temporary and you may be in that short term apartment. You may be in your in-laws upstairs. You may be in that friend's basement. But if it's getting you to the next move that you really want for yourself and your family, then it's typically worth it. Bo Beavis, president and CEO of ARC Realty Hoover, says when you are finally buying that new home, don't forego an appraisal or inspection, something he's seeing more of because of the market frenzy. We always recommend that consumer getting the inspection because Alabama is a buyer beware state. And once you close, you get all the good and you get all the bad with that property. Bottom line, it's a very good time to buy or sell. Just make sure that you seek out the right professional to help navigate you through it all. It appears that uh, interest rates are going to remain relatively low for the foreseeable future and job growth for our city is going to be there. And those two are a perfect uh, recipe for demand of more and more housing. If you're a seller, you're going to make probably more money than you're ever going to make on your home. And if you are ready and you know what you want as your next home and it's you're looking for that dream home, it is absolutely worth it to put up with the hiccups. In Hoover, Sherry Falk, WVTM 13 News. Sherry says Arc Realty Hoover. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> that's the flip side of, uh, well, not the flip side. That's the reality what folks are facing right now to buy a home. Um, it's just way out of control. Uh, I don't think the value placed on these homes are even close to what they're really worth. Okay. So anybody that has tried to buy a home, has uh, you are either priced out or you see the homes, what they're selling for is really not what you want to pay that amount for that type of home. Okay. So check this out. This is what happened yesterday and shout out to the other uh, YouTube content creators for being on this that uh, follow the real estate market very, very closely they were the first ones I saw yesterday uh, to break this story. Um, Zillow, so y'all should be popular, uh, popular. Y'all should be familiar with the website, the real estate website, Zillow. I can't stand them, y'all. They, to me, it's unorganized and it's junky stuff on there and it's inaccurate. But nonetheless, Zillow is a pretty big uh, real estate search website. Zillow will stop buying homes through Zillow offers for the rest of the year as the company's iBuying program goes from full speed to stop. <clears throat> the company announced on Monday it would not contract to buy any more homes in 2021 in order to work through the backlog of homes it already bought. 
So what Zillow was doing, well, let me see. They'll, they'll tell us right here. The iBuyer model used by Zillow and other real estate companies entails purchasing homes directly from sellers and then relisting properties after doing minor work. But thanks to the shortage of labor and materials, Zillow can't close, renovate, and resell the homes fast enough. Okay, so that's not what word on the street is from folks that follow the real estate market closely. What they are seeing is that Zillow has a bunch of inventory because they are uh, they buy the homes from the homeowners. Okay, so let's say you sell your home for one hundred and fifty thousand to Zillow. By the way, which is a deal in this market. Okay, if you see something for one hundred and fifty grand in this market, it's in a high crime area and it's a rundown dump. That's how much this market is overblown. To get something even remotely, remotely decent, you have to go up to two hundred grand, and depending on where you are, that's still not enough. Uh, even here in Ohio, I've seen it. And I'm like, you got to be, you have lost your mind. I'm not the one, the two, nor the three. Way overpriced. Okay, but let me stay focused. So what, okay, so let's say you sell your home to Zillow for 150000 Zillow would turn around and put it back on the market and sell it for a profit. Let's say they uh, sell it for one hundred and seventy-five thousand, or let's say they even bump it up to two hundred thousand. Okay, you sold it to them because you just wanted something uh, real quick. Okay, because you can get market value for your house without going all through that rigmarole of going through inspection and fixing this, yada yada yada. You sell it to them real quick. They, because the market was so hot, meaning Zillow, they turn around and say, okay, we're going to take this house. We're going to flip it. Okay. So all of this jazz about them doing work on the homes, that's not accurate. All of the real estate, the, the heavy hitter real estate folks were saying they, they were not fixing up those homes. And even here, they mentioned that they were doing minor work, but they cannot equate minor work to be a being the reason why they can't sell these homes. That is not the reason because folks have tracked the homes that Zillow were trying to resell and they saw where they were sitting. They couldn't resell it. And then they started to drop the price on the homes. <clears throat> and then the uh, they got to the point where they were dropping the price on the homes where they were um, losing money, okay? So that same $150,000 house, they couldn't even recoup the $150,000 they spent. They had to start dropping the price. So that is a clear indication, a clear indication that the market is slowing down, okay? This, this is the exact same thing we saw in 2008. Okay. All right. So of course they're going to talk about some uh, supply chain. Well, you're not going to convince me of that on an existing house that's already built. Okay. 
Now, I will give you that on a new home that needs to be built because there was a huge uh, lumber shortage. But y'all can go on somewhere with that now. Okay? We're operating within a labor and supply constraint economy inside a competitive real estate market, especially in the construction real estate, I'm sorry, renovation and closing space. Uh, said Jeremy Waxman Zillow's chief operating officer in a statement. Okay, they're trying to save face because now, oh, that just burns me up every time I try to <laughs> do podcasts. They go the phone going off. Um, because now they're trying to save face because now the market is turning, and they got uh this inventory that they're literally going to lose money on. Pausing new contracts will enable, enable us to focus on sellers already under contract with us in our current home inventory. Zillow will still market and sell the homes it has acquired through Zillow Offer, which has been on the purchasing uh, tier <coughs> this year. It bought 3,800 homes in the second quarter, a record high for the company, and more than doubled the number of homes bought in the first quarter, according to a note to company shareholders. Okay, so just think about what's been going on, family, and why the housing market is so overblown, because you have companies coming into the mix, buying up large blocks of inventory and turning around and selling it, uh, or in some cases, turning around and renting it out. Uh, I know that's the case in the company called BlackRock, who's bought up a bunch of inventory as well. I don't know. Nothing could go wrong with any of this. Because I want to know where are all these people that can afford two hundred, $300,000 homes and to be honest, I really need to go up to $250,000 homes just based on the average American income combined what is $60,000. I think 80 is even putting it high. So who's all these folks affording these homes? This is 20, uh, 2008 all over again family. They're getting into these mortgages because of um, cheap money by the feds, i.e. low interest rates. All right, so Zillow, known for its online real estate listing, introduced an iBuyer program, Zillow Offers, in 2018 and now operates in 25 cities. Like other iBuyers, such as Open Door, Redfin now and offer pad Zillow offer offers uses data and algorithms about the property in the market to make a cash offer on an off market home and buys directly from the homeowner. Yeah, yeah, they so scandalous with it, honey. That literally, you know, you go to your your mailbox to get your little mail, and you have these companies sending you stuff offering to buy your home. Yeah. 
And like the little real estate lady said in the video, okay, so if I sell my home, where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? I'm going to look for another home and try to bid for that home and pay over price. So any profit that I have made off of said home that I just sold, all of that's gone. All right. I buyers appeal to home sellers because closing can take place anywhere from seven to 90 days after the contract is signed and can provide some certainty and control over the sale of their home without the hassle of finding an agent and prepping the house for the market. According to Zillow, the fee to the seller for Zillow offers average 5%, but can vary based on market conditioning conditions. Home purchased by iBuyers now account for about 1% of the market, according to a report from Zillow. The share is still a tiny part of the whole market, but shows tremendous growth over the past few years as the iBuyer share in some cities like Phoenix, Atlanta, or Charlotte, North Carolina now tops 5%. Okay. Um, I can't, Remember, Phoenix was one of the places when the 2008 crash happened, got hit hard. I know doggone for sure Atlanta was. I know for sure Atlanta was. Okay. Zillow wasn't alone among iBuyers in buying a lot of homes this year. iBuyer bought more homes at a higher prices in the second quarter of this year than in any other quarter. Um, all right, all right. That has surprised some skeptics who did not think iBuyer model would be appealing to home sellers in a hot market. Okay, so they ain't doing nothing new that was not done in 2008. In 2008, you had actual real estate companies buying the homes and turning it around, flipping it. So they're just using a fancy word for being a flipper. It's no different. His research suggests that sellers are drawn to the certainty and ease of iBuying and the market conditions fueled its growth. Zillow's move to halt purchasing is surprising. He said, particularly because it is so sudden. Now, peep game. Didn't they just say up here? Did they not just say up here? that Zillow uses algorithms. So in other words, computer software uses data and algorithms about the property and the market to make cash offer on an off-market home and buys directly from the homeowner. So Zillow, Zillow's move to halt purchases is surprising. It ain't surprising to me. Because that data algorithm came back and said, whoa, whoa, this peak is over. This peak, this housing market peak is over. We're at the top of the curve. Now we are going into a decline. Get out, get out, get out now. So what that's going to mean is folks that bought in, of bought houses, at the high peak, especially those that went into buying houses over the asking price, 
and getting into bidding wars, they are about to be underwater yet again, yet another 2008 housing crisis. Okay? And people get real antsy when they're underwater. So that, again, underwater means if I bought a house for 300000 and now it's worth 200000 uh-uh, I ain't trying to hear that. I'm going to walk away from this house because I can't sell it because the market value is no longer 300000 which it never really was 300000 because it was an inflated market i.e. bubble. So I'm going to walk away from this. Okay? Another storm with the housing market. Remember, during the pandemic, all of those moratoriums that happened where landlords couldn't put out uh, people, they couldn't evict people, and then there was a mortgage moratorium to halt foreclosures. Now all of that stuff is reversed up. So that means if you haven't been paying your mortgage, you fenced in to be in big trouble if you can't pay either in a lump sum to catch up or when they recalculate your mortgage payments to include the back payments of when you weren't paying your mortgage. So you're going to have sectors right there that are going to get in trouble fast. Okay? And this is especially the case on these investors who have who were snatching up all of these properties. Okay? So all of this stuff is coming into play. All right. So that's the housing market. Keep that in mind. Let's get back into, uh, we talked about this, I want to say two weeks ago, the supply chain, and it's just getting more and more uh, prevalent in the mainstream media. Uh, we're going to go over that. Uh, let me go back to the beginning of this vid. Okay, hold on. You can see this is ABC News. This is just one of the best toys ever, ever, ever. <gasps> Kablox. Classic. For Minnesota toy store owner Amy Saldana. Oh, that's beautiful. Nothing is more fulfilling than receiving a fresh batch of toys. Her stock room at Kitty Wampus is filled to the brim with boxes waiting to be opened. This is inventory that I've taken delivery of earlier this year than normal. Now it's coming in at such a clip. Some of this also represents just a catch-up of inventory we've been waiting months for. Amy is grateful for this shipment, but this local entrepreneur is now finding herself on the front lines of a global supply chain disruption, and she's concerned that inventory will soon run dry. I'm going to call it right now. By December 1st, I will not have one Lego product in stock. So I'm already making plans for what is the product I'm going to put on our Lego wall. So I'm spending between three and four hours a day right now talking to vendors about where shipments are, what some alternate product I can get. Oh, God, we're short here. With the holidays fast approaching, Amy's still waiting on 25% of her orders. 
Where are the toys? When are they coming? Are they coming at all? It is a bit of a roller coaster. She's not alone. Across the country, store owners, big and small, are also worried about their products from music stores. It's very strange for us not being able to call up and ask for something and get it in a couple of days. To shoe stores. Many of the vendors that we're dealing with are telling us that uh, it's because of shortages of supplies or labor shortages that they're not able to produce the merchandise uh, as quickly as normal. The growing backlog in the supply chain seems to be affecting everyone, and it started because of an unforeseen increase in consumer demand. The people who have jobs, they have more money than ever. A lot of them pass their time by buying things, and that has meant increased demand at a time when the supply chain is failing. Nearly. Now, I, I straight don't believe what she's saying. Um, it's not that people are sitting up just buying stuff. Uh, no, lady. The supply chain was jacked up. We have a huge dependency as Americans, a huge dependency on everything, on uh, goods, manufacturing goods from other countries, specifically China. Okay? So now, lady, you're not fencing a sit here and convince us of that. You think we forgot that we were struggling to get toilet paper? We couldn't get no Lysol? Just basic staple stuff? So no, I'm going to take that as a hard no. The supply chain is very vulnerable. That's the bottom line, okay? The pandemic showed us that. So you can go on and have several seats with that one, okay? So I just wanted to put that in there because that's pure propaganda. That is not the issue. The issue is a broken supply chain system. The issue is nothing is made in the United States anymore. So it leaves a nation very, very vulnerable for basic goods when you have to depend on another nation. And in this case, the big dependency is China. Okay? Although I still personally believe that even with the supply chain shortage, this is all a part of a um, planned collapse of the economy for the purpose of resetting the economy. Okay. 700 cargo ships are currently backed up at ports worldwide, like this one in California. What is sitting in all these containers behind us? Everything. <laughs> Everything you can imagine. Toilet paper, your shirts, your shoes. Your Peloton uh, bike, air computers. Everything everybody's waiting for. Because of the pandemic, factories are struggling to keep up. And with labor shortages at every step, from the ports to the truck drivers, there's little relief in sight. Many U.S. companies do have huge manufacturing centers in China. So in some cases, some of those factories had to close down because of COVID protocol. So that really slowed down production. Then if you add in all of the transport difficulties, you really have a big mess. Last week, President Biden issued new measures to help ease the strain. This is across the board commitment to going to 24-7.
This is a big first step in speeding up the movement of materials and goods through our supply chain. Today, the American Apparel and Footwear Association called on President Biden to do more, urging the White House to consider a proposal to incentivize the use of National Guard and or utilize naval ports to help unload cargo, drive trucks, provide chassis and unlock port congestion. Have any of you ever seen a shipping crisis like this? No, no, not, no, not in our lifetime. No. And, and just... Daniel Michael, Ramon, and Frank are longshoremen at the twin ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach, where 40% of our nation's imports are received. They oversee the loading and unloading of the ships that dock there. So quite simply, where is the breakdown? The breakdown is in the supply chain in general. I mean, there's many pieces of the puzzle. First of all, we need space on our terminals. You need the truck drivers to, to be engaged. You need to have uh, facilities available and open so that they can uh, deliver the cargo to and return the equipment back. And more importantly, we need the rail. How long have some of these containers been stacked up here? I guarantee you there's containers on this dock right now that have been here 30, 60, 90, six months that are sitting on these docks throughout L.A. and Long Beach that no one's come to pick up. And yet the ships keep coming. The port continues to break records, averaging around 900,000 containers per month, projecting 10.8 million this year, a 17% increase from 2020. Those containers need to be moved someplace else to give some relief. The longshoremen say they have 14,000 port workers in Southern California to move those shipments around the clock. But the problem is to where? As far as we're concerned, we're only a piece of the puzzle. We need the rest of the supply chain to work out their logistics to have this cargo moved. At the port of Long Beach, my colleague Martha Raditz took to the waters. There are more than 60 container ships anchored here waiting to unload. And those are just the ones you can see way out in the Pacific. There are dozens more. Even once they make it into the port, Hello! they sit and wait in this cargo campground. You've been here for a month? Yes. Long time. It's taking three times longer to clear vessels at the ports compared to before the pandemic. Whenever they're eventually cleared and the goods make it on land, some of the containers are emptied at shipping logistics distribution centers like this one. They've come in and we're in the process of transloading those containers. So we get the goods off the truck, repalletize them to different retailer specs, and then we send them direct to the DCs and the stores. But there's a shortage of truck drivers, too. The trucking industry, a lot of them have sought other opportunities in other sectors. Which makes getting shipments into stores, like Amy's, even harder. My husband has this saying, you know, I sleep like a baby, which is that I, I wake up every couple of hours screaming. So that kind of describes this year very well. She's been in the toy store business for 15 years. Her expertise helped her see the writing on the wall. We knew at the end of last year that there were severe supply chain disruptions. So in January, I ordered all my puzzles for the year, including Christmas puzzles. And my staff thought I was a little nutty, but I did that because I ran short last year. That's really cute, little deer. This year I took bigger risks with new products that I wasn't sure what they were gonna be like. And then I placed a lot of orders in June. They're hitting now up through November 15th. So there's a lot we still don't have. What I'm doing now is pulling up my spreadsheet of orders that we're still waiting for. Um, this year my spreadsheet is... <laughs> 
127 lines long, and I'm not sure I'm going to see maybe 40 percent of this. The global supply chain crisis is hitting smaller and medium-sized businesses in a completely different way. They're little players. They're little fish in a big pond. And if you look at what Walmart, Target, Home Depot have done, they've actually chartered their own ships. For small and medium-sized businesses, they're just telling their patrons, you have to be patient or we can help you find something else. Happy Little Dinosaurs is a new one for us. I'm shopping today for um, Christmas gifts because I'm afraid that there's going to be a shortage and I wanted to get ahead of the rush because I'm normally late. The dinos are all the way at the top. There's always kind of that waiting game. Well, I want to wait till early December to see what my child's into at that time. This is not the year to play that game. If you want a toy that is Hot Wheels, Lego, Barbie, you need to get it as soon as possible. Despite all the shipping uncertainties, Amy says she is finding a silver lining in the high demand. I'm not worried about my financial future because, wow, are we having a huge year. If someone says to me something's not possible, do you know what I think internally? challenge accepted. I will find the toys and I will bring them to my customers and make sure that they have a great holiday season. All right. So uh, thank you to um, ABC News. That was from Nightline. Uh, You all did a really good job on that. I'm so glad I just so happened to be up and I saw that little uh, clip. I said, oh, wow, they did a good job. All right. So y'all see what's up with the supply chain. Okay. So that also means higher prices. Okay. So dig back into your mind. Remember them economic classes and see if that would just explain this mess properly back up in school. I would have got that. (laughs) Okay. So because the supply is tightened, It's going to cost you more for those same items. That's one of the reasons it's going to cost you more. Hence, inflation. Let's get to the real root of the problem. Okay? So I know y'all done heard about the debt ceiling. So so this is from uh, Yahoo News. Why they put this under Yahoo Entertainment? Child, I guess it is entertainment at this point, huh? Y'all wrong for that Yahoo. It should be. (laughs) It should be news, but whatever. Janet Yellen says the recent debt ceiling hike will only cover the government's bills through December 3rd. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said Congress has until December 3rd before the U.S. defaults on its debt. Until then, Yellen said the government will be using extraordinary measures to stay funded. The House recently passed a two-month debt ceiling hike that every GOP member voted against. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen told Congress on Monday the recent debt ceiling hike will only keep the government funded through December 3rd. Yellen wrote a letter to congressional leadership saying that Congress' recent two-month debt ceiling hike presented a temporary reprieve, but since it is only a short-term solution, the Treasury is employing extraordinary measures to allow the government to pay its bills during this time. Last week, the House approved the debt limit extension. 
which every Republican member voted against buying Congress more time to devise a longer-term solution before the U.S. defaults on its debt. So let's be clear. When they sitting up here talking about some, that they got a debt limit extension, let's be clear. That means they got approval to borrow more money from the bookie, the Federal Reserve. Remember, the Federal Reserve is not a government entity. It is a private entity. The Treasury Secretary wrote that it is imperative that Congress act to increase or suspend the debt limit in a way that provides long-term certainty that the government will satisfy all its obligations. So let's just to, to keep this clear, okay, because I don't like to overcomplicate things. Let's say that I have a credit card with a $1,000 limit on it, and I am so sorry, family. This is just really getting on my nerves. I, I never, 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 never have this many notifications. Let me just turn this phone off. Oh, I just can't take it. My nerves, this is, this is bad. <laughs> um, So let's say I have a credit card with a limit of $1,000 on it. I got a minimum payment of $10 a month. Um, I then maxed out that credit card based on my income, whatever the case may be. I can't even make the $10 monthly payment and in addition to that, I still need to use this card to buy other things. Are you able to go to the credit card company and say, okay, I know I'm three months behind on this credit card bill, but I still got stuff to pay. So can you loan me more money? Is, would your credit card company do that? Or are you already in default and they coming after you for that three months that you owe? And you're no longer able to use that card because it's maxed out. Yeah, that's how that works. But now if you a gambler, not a bookie, a go ahead on and extend credit to you with some points added on it, on the exception is the, the bookie going, um, they bout that light. They going to get you with uh, violence and body parts. <laughs> you don't pay. But same concept. Democrats managed to pass a debt limit extension six days before the October 18th when Yellen previously warned Congress the U.S. would default on its debt without any action. As Insider had previously reported, raising the debt limit has been a highly partisan process, said Senator Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, remaining adamant that raising the limit is something the majority party must do on their own. So in other words, the Republicans, like, we don't want no parts of this keep borrowing money. Dems, y'all the majority in office, so you put your name on that. 
After the House temporarily raised the limit, McConnell made clear to President Biden that Republicans will not be stepping in come December. Chow, clutch pearls, baby, clutch pearls, clutch pearls. I will not be a party to any future efforts to mitigate the consequences of Democrat mismanagement, McConnell wrote in a scathing letter to Biden last week. Your lieutenants on Capitol Hill now have the time they claim they lack to address the debt ceiling. The U.S. has never defaulted on its debt, and a growing number of lawmakers are calling for congressional action to completely eliminate the debt ceiling. And we talked about this in the last um, update we did on this. In the meantime, some have floated the idea of minting a $1 trillion platinum coin to pay the government's bills, okay? So uh, that's, again, from Yahoo. I don't know why they have it under entertainment. Janet Yellen says the recent debt ceiling hike will only cover the government's bills through December 31st, okay? So in other words, family, chickens are coming home to roost per se, uh, because the dollar literally has no value, no value whatsoever. So if they allow the U.S. to default on its debt, so meaning they can't pay its bills, they're going to essentially just reset it, go into bankruptcy, which... They've always been doing bankruptcies behind the scenes uh, as early as, shoot, we can go back even further. I was going to say back in 1933, but heck, they've been doing that since they formed the union. Okay, in the 1700s and some change, I want to say 1789, don't quote me on that. They've been um, bankruptcy, switching currencies and all of that jazz. Okay, because it is a flawed system. But nonetheless, just like they went bankrupt in 2008, don't let them fool you. That was a bankruptcy. Okay, this, I think, is going to be a final bankruptcy per se, and it's tied to what they are calling the reset. And when they come up out of this, that's when they're going to issue in saying, you know, the dollar is no longer a viable currency. We're going to switch over to a digital currency. Everything can uh, be more secure, this, that, and other, yada, 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 yada. Okay? So pay attention to what's going on. None of these things are a coincidence. The U.S. defaulting on this debt because they just keep borrowing, borrowing, borrowing money. So all them STEMI packages, all of that, borrowing, borrowing, borrowing. It's got to be paid for. Supply chain all jacked up because of the pandemic, everything being shut down, and the vulnerability of the uh, United States, depending on other foreign nations, to manufacture and create goods. Okay, and then the housing bubble. Okay, 
So all of that created inflation, higher prices. Okay. All right. So uh, we'll continue to watch this. So uh, again, family, there you have it. Um, again, you know, I'm not, of course, too concerned about holiday shopping and goods, whatever, whatever. Uh, the concern is literally family, uh, making sure that you have your food, your staples, uh, medication. If you have family members that depend on medicine for, uh, their livelihood, I suggest that you get on it and stock up now. Okay. So, uh, I'll leave it there. Um, I'm not going to go any deeper. I will attach, um, in this podcast, the series, uh, gateway to a new economy. When I break down each one of these sectors in detail. Okay. So it's all coming to pass. It's coming pretty, pretty fast. Uh, none of this is surprising to me. So this is Rhonda with WTUZ radio podcast. If you're not subscribed to us, uh, give us a try. Okay. We do put out a variety of content. So I uh, appreciate you all and appreciate our subscribers as well. I wish everyone well on this Tuesday. Peace and love family. What? <laughs>